0: Hey, this is Louisiana Sister Squad podcast where we bring you real information to enhance your truther lifestyle. I'm Katie. And I'm Tammy. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the show. show. On today's episode, I'll be speaking with Ebby from Jambalaya Talks. Welcome to the show, Ebby. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Why don't you give yourself a quick introduction to our audience?
1: Okay, so I am a 50-year-old, looking like I'm 25, mother of three girls. I homeschool. One of my children is special needs. I've been homeschooling for 10 years. I'm an advocate for health, mental, emotional, and physical. And I have a YouTube channel where I discuss all things cultural social through a biblical lens
0: okay that's awesome yeah i've been looking through some of your content and i really like when you have um, a biblical tie to current events i think it's very grounding in a way to say hey this is what the world is telling us but let's remember what the bible said and you don't just say look at this Bible verse and let it fall onto your listeners, you're actually going in and explaining and defining words and putting them in context of how they were meant to be applied in the spiritual context. So I wanted to ask just a little bit about that process when you're going through and picking topics to speak about. First is how do you decide what it is you want to talk about on your show?
1: Well, I think, first of all, I have seen um, tons of channels that kind of focus more on what's presently being talked about in the news. And I really want to stay away from that because the news cycle changes so quickly. Um, and also, I don't like to pick topics based on what I think will get hits and likes, uh, even though I understand the drive for that. I really like discussing things that are personal to me, things I actually care about. And from what I can tell, i um, race, and gender, and politics, and all of that are kind of, I look at it like a, a yarn ball you give to a cat, right? You start unraveling it and it just goes on and on and on. So I kind of pick topics that I think hit at the heart of what is actually creating division and what is causing a lack of communication, a lack of intellectual honesty. And I kind of I kind of position myself to be the resident critic and provocateur in a way, (laughs) Um, instead of just saying, hey, those people suck over there. Let's talk about them. I more want to go, why do we all suck? And let's look at ourselves and how can we work on changing that?
0: Right. Well, I think that that's what the world so needs rather than another current events, opinion based content creator i think that there's a lot of that but i also see a lot of people that really help break down what's happening in uh in the world today things that are not being talked about in mainstream media as well and so i definitely appreciate those content providers that are just really breaking down what is the and I'm gonna use uh, one of Kamala's favorite words, is the root cause, right? (laughs) What is the root cause of the issue, but in a very uh, realistic manner. So I, I definitely enjoy being around people that are seeking the truth and explaining what it is that they're finding. I think that we have a big responsibility as citizens to be citizen journalists. And I understand that um, not everybody is comfortable with putting information out there, but if you can't be the person putting the information out there, definitely be someone who is supporting the people that are kind of, quote unquote, risking it all to put out this information that is going to be against the narrative. We've seen so many times content creators and people sharing the truth, even sharing the truth about God can get you shadow banned. Most recently I was listening to Dennis Prager from PragerU when he was posting about the Ten Commandments, that video got banned on PragerU. And they have an astronomical following for the content that he's putting out. And they actually brought up that specific video in court to the people of Facebook and are asking, you know, why did something about the Ten Commandments get banned? And the response was, is because it mentioned murder. And so I just think that that's really wild to put in context for all the things that we see online, fighting, you know, any kind of violence and things like that. People being attacked in the name of a, uh, you know, wokeness um, or these other tragic, horrific events. But if you say the word murder um, in reference to the Ten Commandments, that's what gets banned. So Kim Kardashian's ass, okay? Somebody's wild, crazy sex video, okay? <laughs> We shouldn't be taking experimental medication by the masses. Um, I feel like someone's not telling us the truth. Um, what about this article or this legislation? And then all of a sudden, like, I'm banned for just simply questioning the narrative. So in your experience, have you like gotten censored or blocked or banned for anything you've talked about thus far?
1: I've not gotten banned. Um, I did have a video kind of flagged because they claim I took copyrighted video in fact it was uh in my uh, love does not envy series Mm -hmm. and i realized that it wasn't actually the creators of the animation because they were christians i reached out to them and they were very very gracious and said look anytime you want to use anything of ours go ahead and email us and we'll let you use it because we checked out your channel and we think your ministry is awesome however what i did not know was a lot of the time a lot of times these companies we'll get other companies to sign on and do some of the other aspects of the art. And this company was Belgium-based and they're very woke. So this was just kind of like an investment. They really didn't care. And they actually had me flagged. But when the, uh, this was Vision Video, by the way, a lot of people know about them. Um, they actually worked to talk to these other companies. There were about three or four they gave me the names of. And so that, that flag mark is on the video, but they let me keep that on the video. The only thing I've ever had is a few comments there and there. I suspect it's because I've not really reached a ton of people yet uh, for me to be considered dangerous. So
0: That's interesting. It's very easy to see that anybody that's making an attempt to share the truth is eventually running into that problem, but that's usually a good sign that you're on the right track i wanted to also talk about in your videos tying things back to a biblical perspective um, when you're looking at current events the same way that you know i'm asking how do you pick which events that you're you're going to be speaking on what's the process look like in finding correlation to what the Bible is saying? Now I know that you are well-versed in the Bible, but um, of course I'm sure you do some exploring, comparing and contrasting to what is going to be really speaking uh, specifically to that topic. So what's the process?
1: Well, um, I love history. So what I typically will do is I will look at the historical root of a situation. Um, So for instance, when I did the envy, Um, I like to look up words. I want to make sure that I'm using them properly uh, because I think a lot of times in conversation with people, there's an assumption that we all have the same definition of a word, which can cause a lot of disagreements and arguments um, because we're assuming each other knows what the other one means. So that's the first thing. Uh, The second thing is I look at different versions of the scripture and I look up the connotation and the context. So with scripture, you cannot do a one size fits all, right? We've all heard unbelievers and believers alike say, you should not judge or with the same merit, you'll be judged. And uh, because a lot of us know that and take it out of context, it's kind of used as a way to beat people with. If you look at the context of it, it's not saying not to judge, it's saying how to judge. So when you're trying to correlate something that's happening present day in the culture, And connected to scripture i'll be honest with you even with the study and research it kind of just all comes together i believe the reason for that and i'm sure this is very biased and subjective but uh one of the reasons it all kind of comes together is because whereas other people may deal with things from a natural subjective perspective i believe we are all spiritual beings in a physical world. So that means that everything in scripture, everything you can possibly think of that we deal with today and even thousands of years ago, it's not new. It's just a different variation of the same thing. So if you look up anything going on in a culture, it may seem, oh my God, I can't believe that's happening. But then you read a thousand years later, this was already happening, right? And we have more eyes on things happening. We have social media. They did not have that. Um, If there was a war, it might take you a couple of months before another nation even knows about it right? So I think that uh, being very diligent, sometimes it takes me about a week or two weeks to actually study a subject out before I would even post it. Um, because I'm trying to, I guess my, my hope in putting these videos together is really to get people to critically think, because I don't see a lot of that. I see people kind of having a knee-jerk reaction to things, presuming things, and then talking. And I think if people were less focused on what they could be angry about and what they could be more active and changing, right, then a lot of things would be different. Uh, but you need the scripture. A lot of people want to throw the scripture out and use politics, create some type of utopia here. My aim is to get people to think a little bit deeply. What can you do right now where you are? You need the scriptures for that. I firmly believe that.
0: I definitely agree. People reacting based on their emotions is something that's that's led to even more chaos in our world. Um, and that's where we can really fault a lot of the mainstream media for, for doing that. It's never in context. It's edited videos. It's meant to manipulate people's minds um, the way they push out certain information and withhold other information. Um, They're not doing that just because they're not sure of what's a fact or not. They're doing that to cause an emotional reaction. And it's really having a horrible effect on our society. And it's just encouraging more of the people that respond in that way and definitely not encouraging people to critically think. I appreciate the amount of research that you're putting in when it comes to making sure you're using words correctly, tying it back to scripture. And like you were saying, there's nothing new under the sun. I think that's important to note, especially when you see like young adults and what's they're finally paying attention to what's being put on mainstream or what's happening around the world it can be very shocking. I wanted to ask you what has been your favorite episode so far?
1: To be honest with you, the very first one I did, which is not even a video, it was just an audio. I didn't have any camera set up or anything. And I think the reason for that is because uh, the topic is near and dear to my heart. I love Brave New World, 1984-esque type of thinking. I love that deep psychological dive into what makes people do things and believe things. so I have to say that very first video was probably, I think it's called Brave New World. And then it's a question mark at the end of it. I think that's my favorite because I get to hear my mistakes and uh, the long-windedness of me opining, <laughs> which I'm sure everybody loves to hear people do. But um, also, too, I like that I take the topic so seriously, can look back and go, wow, I didn't see that. It's actually like happening, you know, the stuff that I was talking about. Um, and it's funny because I think that's one of my lesser viewed or, or I say lesser listened to videos. But that was kind of the catalyst and the jumpstart for all of this. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you have some upcoming projects and things that you're working on? Because I know you're working on things in in advance. So is there anything um, that you're researching now or are really looking forward to finally being able to dive into?
1: Yeah, I'm actually working on a documentary. Um, It's going to be focused on kind of the narrative that Black people are somehow... Um, not a part of the United States history story, um, Mm -hmm. that they're other, and they're always seeing themselves as victims and marginalized and how that monolithic thinking has, I mean, even in other nations created a debacle and a lot of destruction in the community. But I wanna kind of tie it to not just the racial aspect of it, I wanna tie it to the thinking that goes along with it. Where does that thinking begin? Who initiated that thinking? Were Black people always thinking this way? Which I don't think they were. And what is the true majority, right, and minority um, comparison? Because a lot of times we're made to think that because we see it happening over and over again ad nauseam that this must be the majority of people. Therefore, everyone else that doesn't agree was on the fringe. So I kind of want to explore that. And I have some pretty good documentation on even the Aboriginal communities, how this happened in Australia with them. Um, And they're not even really a part of the American story. But it's interesting how this same narrative kind of regurgitates itself over and over again. And I I think there's a really, really evil reason for that. And I kind of want to explore that. Um, Another thing I'm still working on is finishing my What is Love series because I'm going through all of the descriptions of what love is and what love is not in Corinthians 13. And um, I really thought I'd be able to kind of tackle them all. but I did not know that these topics are pretty, pretty in-depth. You can't just kind of skate through them. And of course, um, got some great stuff coming up with you. Pretty soon, looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, I know that. I'm excited to keep working with you more, and I want to um, touch back on your your first topic of doing a documentary style. I think that is so perfect for you, and you're the right person for it to come with the full truth and the whole truth, and be able to explain that in a very good perspective, the way you break down videos, don't change that for anyone, because I think that it's perfect. I love being able to get things in context and the definition. And when you do that in your video, it definitely puts your listeners and you on the same page. I wanted to ask about when you say the line of thinking, I would, I'm going to assume that you're talking about a specific ideology.
1: Yes, that's definitely correct. Okay, exactly where I'm
0: coming from. Do you think that you will incorporate any additional like live interviews or surveys to people to fact check that, like the consensus of, okay, so this ideology says X, Y, Z, like how many people think that way or getting other people's um, perspective on the topic? Or is this something that you plan on working on individually?
1: Um I think I want to even try to incorporate this in the what is love series uh because this group think exists in the church too it's it's very pervasive mm-hmm. um I I want to kind of expose um how the 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 personal experience of the group members all of a sudden become the truth right so so I want to expose where does that come from and the best way I know to do that is to show how Thought leaders from history have exposed this time and time again, and might even expose some listeners to people that they've not uh, really read or listened to, like Dostoevsky and a lot of the Russian writers of the time, um, who you know were in the Gulag and were exposing these things under Stalin. Of course, the, the the trope that gets burned over and over into our brains is Hitler, but he's kind of like he's been he's been used so many times. I kind of want to move away from him. But even like Idi Amin, who was an African leader, a lot of people are not very familiar with these people. Mussolini is another one. And then bring it home to how has America all of a sudden become like the very nations they once were against, or they once hailed themselves as being greater than. So history is usually what I'll use. I just want to show that this type of thinking is, the best way to describe it is it's like a ninja. Right. Um, the very things that maybe 20 years ago, some people would have never, ever believed they've all of a sudden and one fell swoop become beholden to. And, and, and I like to kind of pick at why is that? Because you could talk to people and go, but you didn't believe this five years ago. And they go, no, 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 but it's true. OK, can you give me proof that it's true? Well, it just is. OK, but I can't just go based on your reasoning. Can you give me some? You know what? You're racist. OK. So now the conversation's shut down. What has caused people to become so infantile in their thinking where just to challenge what they're saying brings up the worst anger and ire and fear where they shut down conversation, right? For people to want to silence you because they disagree with you is a fear tactic. Where does that come from? I think history is the best teacher because it shows us this has happened over and over again. You have a group of people, they live, right? They move about, have their being. Somebody rises up through the ranks and says, hey, I can lead you to a great utopia. Let's just not do what we were doing before. Follow me, right? It's the the old adage: I'm the government and I'm here to help. So, and everybody goes, yeah, I'm not eating that much. I don't have a house like that guy next door. Let's see what this guy's talking about. And then they start spreading the information. There's a great leader. Think Nimrod, right? We don't need to spread out. Let's all group together. And then Nimrod, who's obviously not interested in the well-being of any of these people, just wants to be worshiped as a God. All the leaders we've ever had have a God-like type of issue. And all of a sudden they can't speak to each other anymore. Their language is completely changed, right? And they go about spread out. But what do you see happening over and over again? And this is kind of what I like to get listeners to think about. Why is it we keep trying to group up in some type of utopia where we all agree? What is that? right? This, we're not talking about like the typical tribalism that exists uh, in nature and in families. We all kind of, you know, will move closer to groups of people who are like us. That's natural. Even I, I have chickens now and I notice they all do this. They all kind of group up with the chickens that are like them. But for some reason, when we all group up, utopia and peace for us is us all thinking the same, saying the same doing the same there is no room for any type of change or difference nothing so nothing good ever comes out of that fake utopia right look at the communes of the 60s and 70s they weren't just all free love they weren't just all you know having a great time with sex and drinking rock and roll there was a lot of crazy stuff happening so and yes it ended up coming out that you know what we really are different and we don't all think alike And they separate and they all group up. So I think my focus is not so much on surveys, because I'll be honest with you, I think those can be even biased. I mean, how many groups can you survey, you know, that will kind of line up with a certain ideology? I can go look up the Bureau of Statistics and it'll show me that black people have a tendency to be more heavily involved in certain crimes. But if I'm not wise and I don't know how to parse that information, I can just make a blanket statement that black people are more criminals than any other group. That's not true. They just are higher in certain areas. Right. So I kind of want people to just maybe see the water and I kind of pull them to help them drink it. That's that's it. I don't want to force feed it to them. I don't want to find them the cup. I want them to say we're in a Sahara. Look, there's water and it's not a mirage. We don't have to be afraid to kind of get on our knees and lap it up ourselves. Let's let's do this thing. And maybe they'll go look up the information for themselves. I even thought about adding the descriptions uh, where they could have links to some of the information. But you know what? Even that could be considered biased because I can find all kind of things that line up with what I'm saying. So I'll leave that to the intellectuals, to the intelligentsia
0: i think that sounds like a wonderful idea and like you have a a good track you have a an end goal and a vision in mind so um, i'm looking forward to to learning more about it because there are so many you know ideologies and so much history that i have yet to explore i like history as well i typically lean more towards medical experiments and things like that (laughs) when it comes to history not so much as like who's who but the good thing is is i didn't learn it when i was a child so i don't have to reprogram my brain so everything i learn is like a fresh just writing on a fresh page of paper i don't have to scratch anything out so i look forward to uh using your videos as a resource for my education to learn more about how did we get to where we are today Ebby, would you talk about your core principles and what it takes to self-evaluate?
1: Core principles. I did something really cool before I knew we were going to have this interview because I don't think we're always the best judges of our own characters, right? So I asked my three children. I said, hey, I interviewed them separately. (laughs) I literally did this. and I said, look, I want you guys to give me like five things that you think mommy cares about. And then I want you to give me three negative things about my character. So my eldest, who's 21, said, you are justice minded. You like order. You pursue righteousness. You're big on health and you're fair. My 15 year old said, you like honesty. You desire communication. You um, respect and honor loyalty in people and you have self selflessness. My youngest, my 10-year-old said, you're very family-minded, you love Yahweh, and you're very marriage-oriented. You do everything you can to build your marriage up. And I thought, how cool that all three of them said something totally different, but they're all part and parcel of who I am. Those, I think, are my main drivers. Um, And sometimes I get a little afraid that they're so, I'm so compelled to pursue these things, these ideologies that it can be very isolating because um, this leads to the three negative characteristics. <laughs> One, my eldest said, well, you can be a bit uptight. That is so true. Um, I'm not very spontaneous. My husband cannot say, hey, let's go take a drive because I have to know where, what time, where <laughs> do we have snacks, the whole nine. Uh, two, I need to be in control. Now this can be considered as negative but for me, because of my uh, kind of not too great upbringing, I think for me, the need to be in control is not to be in control of other people. It's of the situations I'm in. Um, I don't throw caution to the wind. I don't just take people at their word. Um, so I need to have all the T's crossed and the I's dotted. It just makes me feel more secure. Um, of course, being a follower of Christ, he doesn't do that. He doesn't let you do that. So, so following him is definitely... Um, help me to realize that I can't always know what the end game is going to be. And then three, I have a tendency to be a bit presumptuous. Um, If you talk to me, I can reiterate everything you said in your conversation, even from years ago. So I'm very good at listening that way, but I'm not always good at listening with my heart, you know, kind of having a better understanding of where people are coming from and not just making assumptions on what they're telling me in the moment. So, I would have to say that my drivers are wanting to make sure that um, people have more power um, than they think. And fear is a thief. And if you are willing to do the work, if you're willing to just go ahead and cast aside what you think you should be doing and actually attempt to do it. And this can be as small as speaking cordially to someone that you think is probably angry or mean or cruel. Just go out of your way, get out your comfort zone. I know that seems small, but it's huge because socially we've become so stifled. You know, we used to trust our neighbors and now we look at everybody really weird. We don't really trust each other anymore. Um, Another thing could be doing an act of kindness for your next door neighbor instead of complaining about how sloppy their yard is, right? It's just simple things, get out your comfort zone and stop being so self-preserving. That's my driver.
0: That's awesome. Your kids definitely have the best perspective of you, you know, you're their mom, and they love you. But you know, being able to see your interactions and hear your interactions with your kids. um, It's really inspiring to be honest and and bold and not only like standing in your truth, but standing in the truth. I kind of know what you mean about the the control aspect of things is like, well, it's important that I don't waver on these principles. And so that can even come off as controlling. No, we're not participating in things that are not aligning with our core principles. Now, if it's, uh, you know, education based, I believe that us as as mothers, it's important for us to know these things and us to be the teachers to our children, Uh, sexual identity and and all of these things is so morally corrupt. So that foundation is definitely a lifelong thing. And I think that your girls definitely can appreciate that for somebody that you you know, would meet today and they see um, how passionate you are and that you're a believer and that you're trying to be the best follower of, of Christ to him and be, and being a good example to your children and family life and everything. When you're speaking on some of these topics, do you ever come against people that are just, you know, presuming that you've been like that your whole life? and that you really don't have the experience to speak on um, some of these cultural issues that we're talking about?
1: Oh, 100%. Um, (laughs) 100%, especially I think, and listen, I'm, I'm guilty of this too, right? I mean, we look at people and we assume all kinds of things. And when they speak, I think we do, because we only have that moment, assume that this has been their ideology forever. And we kind of uh, treat people like they're inflexible because they are so uh, diligent to hold to their principles. Because I think that's a very rare thing, right? Um, but a lot of people don't know I was brought up Buddhist, uh, I was a practicing Buddhist as a kid and then after that went into Christianity and then after Christianity, which this is gonna probably ruffle some feathers but meh um <laughs> i I do not consider myself a Christian in the cultural sense of what people think Christianity is, because my question always is, well, what Christian are you talking about? There's 35, 40,000 different denominations, right? So it's no longer like it was, you know, 40, 50 years ago, and you could say Christian, and everybody knew what you meant. I call myself a person who does Bible things in Bible ways, right? There's no sticker for that, unfortunately, but um, I do think that faith is not mental assent, and I think A lot of people, when you're talking to them about practicing your faith, we've come so far away from that. You know, think Wigglesworth, Spurgeon, right? Uh, um, uh, Tinsdale. When you have uh, an ideology that says what I believe must be in practice because belief is practice, you come off as, oh, you're Jehovah's Witness. Oh, you're Seventh-day Adventist. And it's like, no, I just actually take the Bible at its word. And if God says something, and I claim to believe it, and I claim to be a follower, what do followers do? They follow, right? So when I'm talking to people and they kind of want to um, get me to be a little bit more relaxed in how I see faith, I simply tell them that belief and mental assent are a part of the same group. They're not one or the other, right? So I'll give you an example. If we say all we have to do is love, this is a trope that's constantly pushed, which I would argue is why the LGBT church, you know, has become a thing because love is just whatever, like you said earlier, whatever you want to slap onto it. It's fuzzy feelings and warm, kind words, you know, and doing good deeds. And then of course we can go do some abomination, but as long as we're being nice and cheery about it, we can. Wave those rainbow flags, and they no longer belong to Noah or a covenant. They belong to LGBT. My take is different, and my take is more lined up with scripture. So, whereas when I was a Buddhist, I did certain things to to gain merit because that's what Buddhism is. Um, and when I was a Christian, I thought that not going to church was a cardinal sin, and I'd forever burn in hell if I missed a Wednesday. <laughs> um, now I am relaxed because I believe that. Jesus walked out the faith perfectly. Why am I trying to add or take away what he did? It's, it's so simple to me. So when I talk to people, yes, they think that I've always been this way, but I think that's because in our present culture, and Katie, I'm sure you can agree with this, that there aren't very many people who have integrity anymore. Um, they don't really mean what they say, depending on the flavor and the position and the circumstance, their, their belief can change. I, I'm very, very rooted um i don't care if people stop talking to me i've had family members leave i'm I'm not really bothered Uh, i'm not trying to gain a following of any kind not trying to win any converts i have no church to take people to i just believe what i believe i've lived long enough to know that what's true is true and what isn't isn't and i don't get to determine what truth is it already is it's a person that's it real simple and I, I would like to add this one thing, too. Even away from spiritual things, even with health, uh, there are people who, because I'm a huge health advocate, people are bothered when you talk about health because they're like, oh, enough of that. We are going to die one day, right? That's, <laughs> that's the mindset. But you, I was talking to my husband about this yesterday, and I said, you know, people don't really believe that. I'll give I'll give you proof. When people buy clothes, what do they do? They wash them, they launder them in the dry cleaner, they take great care of them. Why? They're trying to preserve what they have so that they can get the best use out of it, right? Same Mm -hmm. thing with cars, same thing with homes. Our bodies seem to be the only thing we don't do that with. It's mind-blowing. So I've not always been healthy. I ate crap food all the time, every day, right? Cooked crap food all the time, every day. And you couldn't get me to lift a water bottle to my mouth, let alone a weight, right? Water was like anathema. I was like, you're cursed. And it was like a vampire. I might melt, you throw water on me <laughs> other than bathing. But when I did have to, by force, change the way that I ate because I became extremely sick, I became an advocate for the right thing. Now, I just want everybody to know about it. Not because I gained anything from it other than the pleasure of, teaching people, which I think that's my calling is to be a teacher, teaching people how to do better so that they can preserve their life. That's it.
0: Yeah. I I wholeheartedly agree that uh, and most people don't value their health until uh, they're at risk, until it gets taken away. Um, I can use my sister as an example. Not that she didn't value her health. She was really Um, Really great as far as like eating and exercise and things like that. But because she had made the choice um, to have breast implants, uh, unknowing the amount of risk that that carried from having um, a foreign toxic uh, item in your body, that once her health started um, declining rapidly and she couldn't do simple things like she couldn't even really uh, maintain eating healthy because all foods, uh, increased that she, all foods made her feel even more sick um, because her stomach is in knots and causing all these problems. And she loves skincare and beauty, and that was taken away from her. You know, having breakouts on her face and other parts of her body because of the toxins that's going through it. Um, and working out, feeling so tired, so fatigued, muscles always aching, and things like that. And she couldn't do it. You know, now that she is on the mend to recover from that, she definitely has has shown me a lot of how we should appreciate what we have while we have it and do our best to maintain and preserve that i also want to speak on you being a teacher that is something that i've really valued about all the people that are closest to me and i think that it's not talked about enough is that that's that's really a main goal in life is everybody has something to teach and everybody has something to learn i'm going to be open and hear what this person is saying and i'm going to do my best to just receive it you know honestly and with and without judgment and maybe even possibly look for an opportunity to make a connection with someone so i can help them in an avenue um, that is not uh, necessarily on the right path. So I definitely appreciate that about you. I think your, your content and even just being your friend definitely shows that you're willing to, if you learn something, you're willing to teach that same thing. I have a, a lot of that uh, within myself too. If I know something about anything that's happening, I'm just like, oh, did you hear this? Um, did you see that? Or I read this or, or whatever it is. And, and trying to get, um, you know, just get the information out there, because what good does it do me to hold on to information, to be just the arbiter of truth uh, in a world where people, people might need not only uh, the information, but a person to, you know, will listen to them and someone that will show kindness, even when they're not exactly hitting the target when they speak. So I definitely appreciate that about you.
1: Thanks, Katie. I appreciate that about you, too. Another thing that I think is uh, just to kind of piggyback off what you said, um, you said that a lot of times people don't have the ability or the desire to receive information. And you know what's really interesting about that? The the flip side of that is if you don't have an ability to hear what other people are saying, you then lose the ability to teach others, too, because you can't you can't give what you don't have. And I think, and you also said something much earlier in the conversation, which I really appreciate, and that is that, um, you know, it's okay for you to have a different perspective, and it's okay to push back. And call me a weird creature, but I actually love to be challenged. Like, I am probably one of the most argumentative people I know, right? And here we go with defining a word. To argue just means to challenge something, right? Just like lawyers argue. I think people misconstrue that word for quarrel, right? Quarrel is just to be you know, having an, uh, um, a disagreement for the point of disagreement's sake and fighting. I think debate and argument are amazing because even a lot of the things that I understand today have been because people have challenged me and my own husband is probably the best person to challenge me um, because he's the person that i don't like to listen to right because he's a guy and we all know as feminists that we shouldn't listen to men (laughs) haha joke um (laughs) i love my husband challenging me because he has a plethora of knowledge but he also is very non-emotional he just goes well what about this well why do you do that why do you think that's true And I always have to go, yeah, you know what? I don't even know why I think that's true. Why do I say that? Why do I believe that? And then he knows I'm going to go research like crazy. So I think to be challenged um, is actually an act of kindness and love, to be honest with you. If you challenge me, if you disagree with me, you're making me really think through my ideas.
0: It can definitely bring you to even a deeper understanding of what you thought you already understood. Just my words are not being heard what I'm saying, because what you thought I meant. And I'm like, no, no, I don't need you to think about what I meant. I need you to listen to what I said, because that's actually it. That's it. It's a it's a piece of toast on a plate. There's there's nothing more to it. It's I only want you to go based on the words that I said. I'm not looking for you to interpret what I'm saying because we're supposed to be speaking the same language. Just goes back to, I appreciate the definitions, uh, putting things in context. I think that's really why your information resonates so much with me is because I know we're we're starting off on the same foot as a place of understanding. And I just don't find that uh, that's really all that common in my opinion for the many, many conversations I have on a daily basis. And I think we really do ourselves a disservice when we're so busy trying to interpret all these other elements to the conversation as opposed to just based on what the person said. You know, like let's focus on the words because the words do have meaning. And what people are actually saying, I think, is far more important than trying to incorporate our own perception of everything else into the conversation i don't know if you've ever struggled with that but i know for me personally that's very frustrating
1: yeah i think so the interesting thing about that is um and you're right there is a um a voice Right. It, even when you're texting, sometimes you can pick up uh, nuance in the text that maybe the person isn't too pleased. They seem a bit curt. Right. So there is a sound um, in language. But I also think that, um, kind of going back to you know what kind of drives me with intellectual honesty is that there are players who, um, what they call them, non-playable characters. So <laughs> they, I, I think there are people who, for whatever reason are intentionally looking for ways to be offended, right? So a good example would be if I have, and I have had a discussion with a relative about why I am anti-abortion, okay? And they'll say something to the tune of, well, I don't agree with it either, but I also think that a woman has a right to choose, okay? And then I would offer an example because I don't like talking in this non real place I like to talk about real things because I used to work with youth and I have come across girls who've gotten pregnant you know at a young age and one of the things that I mentioned was okay compassion is there's a, a woman or a young girl who is a friend of yours or related to you they end up pregnant they don't want the child okay let me tell you what compassion for me is compassion is and they may not accept this as compassion compassion is no I am not bringing you to get an abortion No, I will not give you money for your abortion. I will counsel with you. I will take you to the hospital, right? I will help you set up something where you can have the child adopted. That's compassion because I cannot aid and abet something that I believe is evil, okay, in any way or fashion. Now, to the person who believes that a woman has a right to murder her unborn child, they will say, me not bringing them, in their moment of of, of dire need, or me not giving them money when they may be strapped for cash for this type of thing is a lack of compassion, because all I could do is present to be there however that person needs me. Okay, the problem with that is you're redefining what compassion is and you're making it subjective to every single event, which means I'm going to have to disavow my perspective and my position, which are my core values. This isn't some fly-by-night political idea. This is very part and parcel of who I am. I'm going to have to disavow that so you feel like I've showed you compassion. But let's say 10, 15 years later, you decided that you should have never aborted your child. And now here I am, an accomplice to an act that I already knew was wrong, and now you've changed your mind on it. If I try to minister to you or witness Christ to you, you're going to take me a lot less seriously. So it's more important for people to hear that I am serious about my ideas and they'll see it in my actions. I'm, I'm bearing fruit in keeping with what I say I believe than it is for them to think I'm being kind and nice. I've been in some spaces with you. You know, I can get kind of kind of passionate and riled up when I'm talking about things. But you've never heard me disrespect anyone, you know, or try to overtalk anyone. Um, I don't I, I want to actually be heard. Uh, I'm not trying to win anything and I'm not trying to even come off as right because I don't think I've done anything by doing that. But I think uh, I'm probably a little less concerned about how people perceive me, uh, because I think no matter how kind I am, no matter how even killed or soft spoken, people are going to be upset with you simply because you are kind of like a pit bull with a stake. You're just not letting go of your beliefs. And I think that really gets some people upset. You need to change what you think to line up with the ideology that they have in order for them to believe that you're you you know, you're actually loving, whatever that means nowadays.
0: You know, we're practicing the disengage tactic when it comes to seeing people just writing things that are just so blatantly wrong, um, dishonest, Um, making points to arguments from from ideology that really should not be subscribed to. Sometimes you just have to disengage and hope that the truth is louder than their lie.
1: They said that anthropologists have found that humans imitate what they worship. Just wanted to throw that out there.
0: I don't think that I've ever heard that before.
1: Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, if you look at society and culture over the years, I think that there's got to be some truth in that. Sure. The scripture says it this way. I don't know the actual uh, Bible verse, but it says that uh, love not the world or anything in it, for to love the world is to hate God. Right. So to love the world is not to you know, put your arms around it and give it a quick squeeze and go, love you, world. It's obviously to imitate the things in it. And you do you do end up imitating what you kind of look up to.
0: That is so true, but also deeply disturbing because yes, it is disturbing. i instantly started thinking about all these people with um you know bad behaviors and and things like that i'm just like now i'm really wondering what are they thinking like who who are they imitating and where does that come from you know sometimes i really want to ask these deep-rooted questions to people because i think it's interesting on how people think but you know sometimes I have to use my best judgment because I don't think that it's okay to open that box of worms for everyone.
1: No, it's it's really not. It's a, it's a rabbit trail. I mean, you can come across some pretty interesting things. Like I like to go way out um, into history, usually biblical history because I'm more amazed at how humans don't really change. And as a quick note, my husband and I were lamenting how, you know, What was it that caused, let's say, those who during the time of the flood didn't believe anything that Noah said and they didn't get on the boat? And this man was like preaching 120 years. Right. Whether you believe that or not, the story is, you know, very, very interesting that someone would keep repeating that something bad's about to happen. Everybody needs to prepare. Right. Not too different from our culture today, by the way. And out of all of humanity existing at that time in the known world, only eight people believed it. That's insane. That's insane, right? And you're talking about Noah's family members, his wife's family members, their children's family. This is all extended family plus other people. So it wasn't just like these strangers. And it wasn't until they literally saw Rain They begin beating at the door, wailing. And I always think to myself, what is the distinction between those who actually take actionable measures toward the thing they believe and those who sit around and go, nah, he's crazy, he's stupid, he's a conspiracy theorist, he's lying, right? And all of a sudden, you know, they, what is that saying? They effed around and found out, right? So, right, so, and they found out too late and they could, so I always think that that has not changed in society. That is not, there's always this remnant of people who are like, not really sure if it's true, not going to wait around to see if it's true. Yeah, I'm out of here. And those that go, eh, we'll hang out for a little while, keep doing what we do. Life is great. Utopia. And then all of a sudden the rain falls. I think that's, that's the, the interesting question for our day and nobody can really answer it.
0: Well, that just is a perfect representation of the people that say, um, you know, I I don't, I don't care about XYZ because how does it impact my life? I'm focused on XYZ, like there's people that's very um, business oriented um, and, and just worrying about their own success to where, you know, you look at the the corruption that's happening within our own government, um, global corruption, and then what's happened with the latest bioweapon injection. And people are just like, well, you know, I didn't get it or I got it or whatever and whatever the adverse reactions are, like there's no point in me worrying about that because I focused on xyz those people i think are going to be held accountable for that kind of mentality where they had the opportunity um to speak up or to be supportive of the people that were spreading the truth and didn't i think that that's going to be definitely something that they're judged on at the end of it you know god is not going to worry when when you go see god he's not going to worry about what i did he's gonna worry about what you did. I think when you ignore the truth that that makes you uh, complicit in the lie and that's gonna be something that is, it will count against you. I really believe that. And I appreciate Noah. He was the original conspiracy theorist. And then it rained.
1: It totally was. <laughs> a conspiracy theorist with a boat. I love it.
0: Yes. And so, um, but that, I mean, that's just very true. Like people denying that there's adverse reactions, people denying that there's corruption, people denying that Joe Biden has dementia. Like, who are you helping?
1: Yes. And, I, and again, it goes back to the fear. Right. But the, the other interesting thing about that is, you know, people usually, um, you know, let's say those that, you know, are the true science deniers and they believe that a job will save them and help them. Um, the interesting thing about that kind of ideology is when people claim that they don't believe in one thing, they fail to realize. That's inferring and they do believe in something else. They're still, you're, You still have faith. Everyone has faith. It's just what you're putting your faith in. Those people that did not get on the boat, they had faith they'd be okay. They had faith in our own abilities. They had faith maybe in where they lived, right? Maybe their house was high up on a hill. But they had faith in something. But it wasn't in God. And it wasn't in Noah giving them a warning. One of the things that I like about Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, I know you and I had actually read something out of Hebrews not too long ago. But um, one thing from the book of Hebrews, and it's uh, chapter 5, verse 12, it says that the people there had an ability, inability to teach others. So one, they misused the time they had, listen to this, to learn and grow. So they didn't bear any fruit, which is the evidence of spiritual growth. They didn't share with others the good news and hope they had, which is Jesus Christ. And they needed to be taught all over again the first principles of faith. I mean, tell me that's not where we are right now. Um, there's a passage in scripture and it usually terrifies me to my core, but it says, if you don't make good use of what I've given you, even that will be taken away. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you're not a good steward, right? You have a car and you jack it up and fill it with crappy gas and, you know, you don't take it to get washed. Pretty soon, you don't have access to that vehicle. It either stops using, I mean, I'm sorry, it starts functioning properly, right? Or whatever uh, um, are the circumstances of not taking care of that thing and our faith is the same way information is the same way I think that we are a culture and a society that are ever learning but never coming to the truth like scripture says we have way more access to knowledge now and it's at the speed of light right anything you want to know whether it be scriptural whether it be health whether it be cultural political it doesn't matter you can look it up it's not going to always be accurate but you can look it up right and unfortunately, that has made people's senses dull, it's made them lazy. So they'll more you know, kind of uh, recite a Google thing that they pulled up, but they won't fact check to see if it's true. And the scripture says that you are to study and show yourself approved, it doesn't just say study. I think if we applied that across the board, we'd be really surprised at what we come away with because even though we wouldn't all come to the same understanding, right? The same truth would still be prevalent. You understand you you and I can both eat healthy. That's going to look totally different in our households. But what's healthy doesn't change. You can't say that you can eat a whole pizza and it's healthy. No matter right, it only had cheese right. on it ebony, it's going to be great. <laughs> right? And I'm like, but mine had veggies. So no. But if you say, okay, I had two pieces of pizza that's healthier than when I had a whole pizza that I can get on board with. So it may look different, but the rules don't change. The the baseline, the foundation doesn't change just because how we implement it may look different. And I think that's what makes it difficult to have conversations with people. They're dull of hearing. They're not applying what they already know. They lose that. And now they're scattering, looking for information. And there are some pretty evil people that are more than willing to give us all the information we need, even if it's, as they like to say, misinformation.
0: Exactly. Um, you know, what's funny is how many people say that like the Bible is not true and, oh, it's written by man and stuff like that. And these are people that have never cracked open a Bible, never looked up scripture, never looked up things in context, um, but they'll take what's on mainstream media As fact and verbatim, and anybody that says anything different, it is so psychological and it can be really difficult for people to break that mindset. Uh, But there has to be a way you have to have that desire, just the same way as like quitting a bad habit or you're addicted to something, making the decision to quit and giving it an honest try is worth more than just not acknowledging the problem and never trying at all.
1: I can give you proof under less than two minutes that everyone on the planet believes that the Bible is real and there's a God. And the two examples I can give are, one, even the lowest criminal has a standard of righteousness for himself, okay? In any penitentiary, if someone comes in there that has either harmed a child or a woman, you will find there still exists a group of men who will beat them to the end of their life because they consider that crime heinous. Mm -hmm. So there's a standard of righteousness even for the most lowest of criminals. Where do they get that standard of righteousness from? It is inherent in them, it is from God, okay? And the second thing is, look at how people strive to live and not just live, but live abundantly. They amass things, right? They build relationships. And if their life is threatened, they do everything they can to fight back to survive. Why are you trying to live if you're a nihilist? Life should have no meaning to you if nothing matters. And you can't say that even ungodly people can be moral, because then I would need to understand your origins of morality. So, the wonderful thing about God and all praise to him because he's awesome and his brain, like, I want to see him one day and just be like, can I talk to you? Because you're awesome. And just tell me why you do these things and say these things. (laughs) But I think it's awesome that God has put in us the inability to deny his existence other than just verbally, our very life and the way that we live and the things that we do and what drives us to get education, to work a job, to pay. Why are you doing that? People that like to live and thrive think their life has meaning. Where did that come from? It's inherent in you, you're born with it. And you're even born to worship. Some of us are not worshiping the right thing, okay? but we are made to worship. It's it's inevitable. You can't get away from it. Some people worship themselves, but they're still worshiping. So even when people, I used to love watching uh, Christopher Hitchens and his debates before he died, because he was a great orator, highly intelligent, but he would talk himself around in circles. And even he, who is the epitome, he's the atheist of atheists, used to say, there's some things that I just can't explain. Hmm. So, yeah.
0: That's very interesting. I appreciate that. I've never heard a two-minute spill on why, you know, everybody just believes that uh that God is there. I mean, he is I don't think that I've ever really questioned, I've never questioned, I can say that in all honesty that like God didn't exist. I never had an alter like an alternative belief system in my life. Have I I've gotten, you know, away from worship or reading the Bible, like uh, there's been spans of my life where it wasn't an in, in everyday part of my life. But I am very grateful that I never had a moment that compelled me to, to go against God, to make a conscious decision or to even have that thought that What if he doesn't exist or to say that he doesn't exist? I'm really grateful for that. I feel very, um, very blessed that I've I've known, I feel like I've known God's love my entire life. I I just wish that everybody could experience that experience, welcoming that into their life because it's such a beautiful and powerful thing that I think just contributes to making us better spiritual beings here on earth. And really contributing to what's going to happen to you for the rest of eternity and I would rather when it comes to telling the truth and uh, getting information out there I would rather be the person that is unliked by everyone else because I am so convicted in the truth and be be saved and get to be with God for all eternity for the rest as opposed to be a people pleaser here on earth and then live out eternity without the precious gifts that God has given me.
1: Amen. Couldn't have said it better. I want the same thing. I want other people to come to the
0: truth. Absolutely. If you had one minute to speak to the whole world, this message would be broadcast to the entire world at one time. What would you tell us?
1: I would say pray for discernment and wisdom um, so that your spiritual senses can be trained and put to use so you can know the difference between good and evil. That's it. That's that's deep enough.
0: That is a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Okay. Well, I appreciate all the information you shared with us today, and I look forward to working with you again, as well as hosting some Twitter live spaces with you. It's where our guests can come on and ask you some questions. And we can dive a little bit deeper into some of the topics you discussed on your podcast, Jambalaya Talks.
1: Thank you, Katie. It was awesome. I enjoyed this very much.
0: Thank you for being here. And to all of our listeners, we hope you have a beautiful, wonderful, blessed day. Before you go, hit follow and share with a friend. Wake up to a new episode of Louisiana Sister Squad podcast every Tuesday.